Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hostel Road Trip Podcast, the podcast that literally takes its show on the road. Listen in as James Black and Bobby Dyer, owners of International Traveler's House Hostels, travel around the country to learn about these great locations and incredible people that come together to provide a unique and exciting experience for travelers from all over the world. Welcome back to the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. Season three, we are super excited to be here with Jordan and Corey on the south side of Chattanooga at the Crash Pad Hostel, which we had the glorious advantage of staying at last night. <laughs> As I was telling them, the mattresses were so comfortable. If they had woke me up and told me it was Saturday, I would have believed you because I literally didn't wake up one time once, <laughs> I, once I hit the pillow. And uh, we all had the benefit of meeting at the American Hostel Conference, which was awesome. Incredible. And uh, had the time to come here, but thank you so much, Jordan, for yeah. being with us. Thank you, James. Corey. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And what we'd like to do is we're, we're this place is so impressive, we're going to do a two-part episode. We're going to talk about the actual construction and design of this awesome place, more so with the owners after this. But you both are the management team. Mm -hmm. And how long have you guys been working together? So I've been here for about... Six years. Well, yeah, six years now. Starting in December okay. of 2012. Nice. Yeah, and then he came in right after me. Yeah, it's going on five years. So. And you can feel the synergy between the two right now. Jordan, how did you get into hostels? That was a weird one. So, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Small hatch of fishers. No hostels there, right? No hostels. Yeah. Uh, there is one now. Oh, good. Any yeah. hostel. If you ever get a chance, the okay. awesome. They're great people. Nice. So, yeah, they're right on Broadway, where actually I'm from, uh, that area. But, um, Kind of moved all over throughout the country. Um, ended up getting into rock climbing from Indianapolis. There's a gym there. Kind of traveled to California. Uh, went to Kentucky as well. And then uh, came here. And I was actually a cook for a very long time. And then that's how I met Dan and Max um, from climbing with them and also doing certain like just courses for them when they came into the restaurant. And gotcha. that's how I got the job here. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Now, Corey, how, you, how did you get yourself into hostels? Um, Kind of indirectly, like Jordan. Uh, um, yeah, like got into climbing, yeah. met the, you know, had a college roommate that was friends with all these guys from Indianapolis. Uh, um, so I met some people down here before moving here. Um, yeah. So kind of had like a little base of uh, friends. And then uh, was like riding to work at the climbing gym one day and stopped here to fill my Nalgene up and uh, was talking to our former GM, yeah. John Ying, who's huge mentor for both of us mm -hmm. um and he was like hey man we might have a spot open uh would you be interested and i was like i've never done that before but yeah i love that's helping awesome. people and it's uh yeah. so you know it wasn't even really, really a hiring process we were like yeah it's cory yeah let's get one yes. that, that's great it well. it just fits in so well you're yeah, from the windy city right? yeah i'm from chicago okay. um so yeah i met all these guys in college um during I went to Purdue in Indiana and then lived in Indianapolis where they were all from for a uh, year before I moved down here. Okay. And worked at the climbing gym that they all went to in high at. school. Oh, <laughs> so it was, it was like, like a little party spot. It was kids day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, but neither of you had stayed in a hostel before ever, working. Ever. Ever. And that is so cool to see because if you were to ask me, I would have thought you would have had an extensive hosteling experience <laughs> beforehand that led you into it. But you were just such a good fit the model here personality you know yes. creativity was there but this gets back to what we were talking about at the conference with these smaller boutique style american hostels that are experience-based hostels that mm -hmm. are opening up 
this is very much an experience-based hostel, and it's a lot of people might think crash pad hostel is where you crash on the pad, but this is actually built around the climbing and rock climbing industry and what the actual crash pad is that mm -hmm. you fall on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not to take anything away from your mattresses, <laughs> are also but so the climbing is what kind of brought everyone together here as a team mm -hmm. from yeah. the ownership down to management. You yeah. guys are avid climbers. Mm -hmm. You cater to and promote that you're a hostel for the adventure style yeah. rock climbers. So yeah. tell us a bit more about the rock climbing community in Chattanooga. It's one of the best communities I've ever been a part of, actually. It really it's, is a yeah, good vibe here. It's what makes this city hard to leave. Yeah. And it get, I tell people that often, like, don't, you're going to get sucked in. Yeah. So like, we were both making trips here. You come once, and then you're like, oh, maybe I can fit another one in next month. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I can just stay another week. And uh, it's just, here. yeah, it, the, the, even when you go climb somewhere else, the climbing is amazing. There's so much around here and out west and after a while, I was like, man, I just miss the, the, the cruise. Yeah, no yeah, one's yeah. no one's clicky. Everybody really cares about each other. Everybody cares about the land. Yeah. Um, the access to all the climbing areas and the bolt hard sandstone that we have. I mean, it's... So it's unique to this area. This... Yeah, the southeast kind of has its own, like, sandstone band. It, okay. I mean, it's pretty extensive. It goes... You can find some of this stuff up in, like, southern Illinois. There's pockets in Ohio. Sure. Southern Pennsylvania a little bit. But, yeah. like, and then, you know basically south of there. We run on the same band as the Red River Gorge and all the way down to Little River Canyon, two hours south of here in Alabama. So okay. All the way down to Slate. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Steel. Steel, Alabama. Um, so you were saying that the last night we were out having a pint, you were saying that pretty much within an hour's time, oh, in different directions, yeah. you can find all kinds of different spots. Oh, we're still Is developing. It? Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Southeast and Commerce Coalition, they're always buying property. We're going about developing that. Um, it's one of the most successful coalitions in the country. Yeah. Um, nice. It, I mean, it, they, they have to be. Yeah. Uh, we're, we don't have the uh, we don't have the BLM land. Ah, that's the Bureau of Land Management, <laughs> yeah, right? We, yeah. We have private property. That's uh, what all of it south is. is private. Like you know, these that's really and, interesting. Stuff has to get bought up. Uh, yeah. To be preserved and. Which is an awesome movement in itself. Exactly. And I think that's what's going. And of course, when we think of BLM land out west, it's like that's where I can shoot my guns, <laughs> you know, and, and not be in trouble about it. Yeah, I still kind of do here too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the south. It's the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get used to here. Just gone. That's one of our funnier. Uh, out in San Diego, one of our uh, most popular tours at the hostel is uh, going to the rifle range. <laughs> and that, yes, you know, they always look at Bobby and they look like, oh, this hippie with the surfboard and everything. And then it's, you know, range day and he's out in the back of his BMW cleaning his shotgun. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm like, this kid's like huff in, you know, and they're all fired up and ready to go. But now with rock climbing, we talked a bit about it last time. I've never done it as sure. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a, you know, a heavier fellow and I'm always afraid that rock's going to come out on me. But and now, is it like, the adrenaline rush of not falling is that part of like the like what because it, it's going to be great exercise you must be working muscles that you just never would hit in any other exercise yeah. right it, but is it like kind of like mountain climbing when you get to that summit there's this euphoria what's the i, I think it's different for everyone else what's, wow. what's it it's for me man it's just like figuring out all the micro beta movement that you need to do and 99 percent of it is like Pretty much, 99% of the time, you're not 
So once yeah, you're finally in, it's, it's like this fucking. It's like doing a coke line almost. Like, yeah. 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 Out, of, out of the roof, and you're just like, oh my yeah. god, I yeah. just finally did something. Yeah. Okay. You get to take a review, all this stuff, yeah. and then you just feel accomplished. Yeah. So. It's uh, it's very similar. I know we have similar uh, thought process on this. Like we used to skateboard when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's the same thing with skateboarding. You're trying to learn new stuff. It's like 98, 99% failure rate. Gotcha. Until you find, like, when you get it, when you stomp it, you just yeah. bolt. Uh, <laughs> you ride away. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with climbing. But, like, I know some people that climb for the adrenaline. Yeah. And there are definitely people out there that do. And that scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, junkies that are up there. That's yeah, that shit is gnarly. No rope uh, soloing. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. free solo. I'll but uh, I, I just, like, I use it to clear my mind. Now that I, I did a little bit of because I not a rock climber, so sure. last night I was laying in bed and I was just kind of googling stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Looking to, there's one kid that does these free climbs that are you know fucking yeah. super. Uh, he's on the we have a picture of him. Down yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Like, seen it. Like, his hands are like sure. his fingers are like a yeah, different yeah. alien. But one thing that he was saying was that you can't you you literally have to dedicate all your focus to what you're doing, and therefore it's therapeutic in a way because anything else you have going on in your life, gone. Take a step aside. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Even though I'm not doing anything. It is definitely like an escape. I could turn my brain off. Yeah. And I can allow my body to move. Yeah. And like you focus on the movement. You kind of get to know your yeah strengths and weaknesses a little bit more. And that's you know, a form of mental game. Yeah, that's a form of meditation. Absolutely. Because when yeah, Absolutely. we do a lot of yoga and meditating at our hostels, and that you know when you get good at meditating, it's pretty much when you're able to clear out all the noise. Sure. Sure. You know, in its essence. And, I think that that's in its raw form. You know, you're putting yourself in a very different situation of like you don't really have a choice. You're going to yourself. You're not sitting on a yoga. There's, there's, there's times it's like, you can't uh, fall. There's times we've been in that situation. Yeah. Just, you get to a point, certain point, you're like all right, I'm going. There's no, there's not. Can't, can't go back, back right now. Can't yeah. go down. Can't so, fall. Yeah. Not exactly. Another interesting one I was just looking up on different things last night was the the essence of it, kind of like being like a chess game. You're planning all these moves yes. in advance. Mm-hmm. Like I'm down here and I'm putting my hand in this crevice, or I'm crap, but I'm going to think 20 moves ahead to how I can get up mm-hmm. here. So that's also an essence. Yeah. It's a really cool thing to think about. Like you really have to be thinking through. It's like boxes, and you're trying to figure out like you can be in this one position for this certain box. How do I like move to get to the next? Box. Yeah, to yeah. get to the yeah. next box and be in a certain technique, technical position. Yeah, to get to the next. Yeah, it's, it's we call it, it's like we call it projecting, and it seriously is projecting. like it's. Let's work the beginning and you have to work the middle, but how do you connect those two yeah. now? It becomes like very much like figuring out these different sequences. That's um, awesome. so, it's different for everybody too. That's yeah. the best part. Like right. what he does is totally different than what I do. And like what Drex yeah. does downstairs compared to what we can do. Like, yeah. like our, uh, one of our other <laughs> managers, yeah. yeah. Like he's six two and super long and really, really strong. And I'm like five seven and have like no upper body strength. So like yeah, yeah. Uh, Different styles. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it goes with our other manager too, who's a caver, but he has the same kind of projecting, but it's for exploration. What's a caver? What that he's like. Did you go down in? Yeah, he goes oh, down. We go like, up. He goes down. Oh one my! We've recently found out that he's one of like. He's one of the leading. I think. I think he's a pro caver. Yeah. He's a pro caver. He's so humble about it. He's just like, oh yeah, I love caving. And then if you get him talking, he'll just show you pictures. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, this is a mile and a half down. Like no one had ever seen this before. It's like all in these museums now and stuff. And we were just like, 
you know, he's probably when you're a caver, you're probably like going into places sometimes that haven't been inhabited since oh, cave yeah, is there, right? He lives, yeah. he lives for that. Oh he, my god! He showed you his his tick a, list, and it was like a thousand, a thousand plus caves. He's mapped like I don't know, a couple he's of them. Yeah, that's a yeah. Movie, you're badass. Yeah. Exactly. You're an adventurer. Like no one else has this, so I'll map it out. You know, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah, the pictures I see are those. Those are like my worst nightmares. <laughs> oh, he's he's hanging in like rushing waterfalls, and we're just like what the squeezing hell? through cracks under halfway into water and oh, stuff. Oh my badass. He's a badass. It's cool. But wow. he has the same same mentality. Like, yeah. Cave. Yeah. You learn something new every time. Yeah. Now I think this is also, you know, for a lot of reasons, I think for the you know, the health benefits of it, getting outdoors, you know, we're, I think we're constantly trying to find a way to not become more desensitized by all of our media stuff and being right. in the box. But I think also from that clearing of the mind and kind of that meditational things, I think that's why you see such a big move in the rock climb. Yeah. And we see it out in Big Bear at our other location as well. Like it's more and more common that it's not mountain biking or hiking, they're here to climb. Yeah. And then in that is there this community and this subculture that's so interesting to watch. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. We're taking a moment now to talk about a great service called WorldPackers.com. WorldPackers.com is actually how I got my start with the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. WorldPackers is a great service that connects travelers looking for a place to stay in a new city with the hostels who need their skills. You could do anything from house cleaning to reception to media and marketing and so much more. With a reasonable fee of $50 a year and a little bit of courage, you could find yourself anywhere in the world. For more information, just go find Grandpa Carlos surfing on the West Coast somewhere between California and Mexico. If you're having trouble finding him this way, he might be taking a siesta on his surfboard. If that's the case, scream to the heavens. Grandpa Carlos, we need you and he'll be sure to answer the call. But if all else fails, just check out worldpackers.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-P-A-C-K-E-R-S.com. And now, we bring you back to your regularly scheduled program. Welcome back. We are still here at the Crash Pad in Southside of Chattanooga with Jordan and Corey. We just had some epic talks about rock climbing. I'm ready to take my first adventure when I come back next time. But now we're here to talk a bit more about the guest experience. Just before we broke off, we were talking about how you can host weddings here. You can host <clears> events <throat> here. You obviously have a great climbing community here. But this is for all types of backpackers. Not and just for climbers. Yes. Yeah. You should definitely look this place up if you're a digital nomad, a person traveling through. So tell us a bit more about your guest diversity. Uh, it's kind of based off season. Every season has its different guests. You know, it could be wintertime. Yeah, we have the climbers, maybe some mountain bikers, but go more into springtime. That's when like tourists are coming through. Families, the weather's getting nice. So trail running, trail running, crazy amount of races. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. and then in summer it's Ironman, Mm -hmm. triathletes, cyclists, weddings. Yeah, weddings and international travelers. A lot more international travelers in the summer. In the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Just one time experience that. Southern mentality. Yeah. Like what is like they, they they picture you know cowboys or like shirts sure. and hats. And yeah. A lot of people are like, "What's up, y'all?" Yeah. I think it was Byron that touched on that at, yeah. at the conference, mm-hmm. um, talking about how the South is kind of like in right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we do see that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people from overseas coming, like they're doing the trip down to New Orleans yeah. and then over to Memphis. 
Um, so I think that the South has the advantage of that genuine, authentic feel. Yeah. That a lot of people are into the, right now. Southern hospitality. It's yes. a thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't get out of the you know the market or like the grocery store sometimes because like unlike Chicago and like New York, I hate on them. Um, oh, no, like, I, I, people, I mean, you will get stopped by everybody just because like they yeah. want to like have an actual conversation. That was like, a huge culture shock um, for me personally. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Like, Chicago is like New York or Boston. Yeah, yeah, get out of my place. I got somewhere to be. Yeah. I will step on your throat to get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gas, gas station clerk would ask me like how many tables. slow down a little bit, which I think we could all take a lesson from this digital age because mm-hmm. everyone's just so amped up and going. You know, we, we laugh about that as we're on the road driving around on the podcast and when we were up doing season one in the Northeast and, you know, just our general normal vibe of like, you know, going to like, you know, pull into a parking lot and the ticket booth person and you're like, hey, how's it going? And they look at you like, why did you just ask me? Take your ticket and move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry about that, sir. <laughs> just in a good mood here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think that you know it's very important to to know that you know you can come here under all different scopes and have a great time. Now, what about the age demographic? Would you say wide open, old, wide young? Open, man. Um, like we were talking about, uh, like we get conferences here where everyone in the hostel will be like 16 up. Knitting conference. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. The one ornithological uh, group that came through, uh, some fundraisers we do yeah. um, for some conservancies. Yeah. It's just most older crew. Yeah. Um, those days. They're the best. It's amazing. Uh, Everything's so relaxed. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great hostel vibe. Um, but, you know, we get families that come through. Too. Yeah. Um, and they'll bring their kids. I know some hostels aren't about that. Um, yeah. But we do like to kind of include as many people as we can. Yeah, we're not a part of the hostel, so it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most people are here to like get sleep, yeah. and, like get up and go and enjoy do the something. day and like yeah. go enjoy the city and everything. Yeah. Just check it out. And that, and that for hostel operators out there, that can be so beneficial to you if you're, you know, if you coin yourself as a party hostel or if the biggest attraction you have is getting blacked out inside sure. your place. Yeah. Your place is going to be dirty. It's going to be messy. It's going to yeah. be hard to clean. It's going to fall apart. Yeah. It's not going to be secure. Yeah. I'm going to say this. You know, you guys have a, a really cool skeleton type crew. There's not many of you. Four of us. That's it. Yeah, that are running this place, but it's running extremely well. And one of the first things we noticed was the security system mm-hmm. and how you have these, what are these? Magnetic Just key fobs. Key fobs. Yeah. But if you don't have that, like every apartment locks up, you know, like you get, so it makes you feel so secure, even though there's not someone at the desk all night for graveyard. Mm -hmm. And I I thought to myself, as we were going through it last night, I'm like, you know, I love all of our receptionists, but I'm just thinking of that, like, you know, 20 year old kid on graveyard. That's very easily distracted. And I'm like, probably take this key fob over there yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I love them but you know yeah. if it was not to you know the security of the element it's really well thought out here sure. with those systems but at the same time you do have beer for sale oh, yeah. in your uh, lounge which is so cool that you could come in and have a cold one but in a very mature and respectful sure. way yeah we kind of set the tone at the door like yeah. right when people walk in you know we're not you kind of look around and see the place and like this is a beautiful building people mm-hmm. walk in and Take that in respect. Yes. Yes. And I think they, another thing that we talked about last night when we got here, and I think 
for the owners of this operation, one of the things they should be very proud of is that it would be very easy to think that you two are the owners. Because the way you care about the place, the way you talk about the place, the way you're passionate about it, the way you're kind of living it and breathing it along with it. When we were at the conference a few days ago, I thought you guys were the owners. And when you said you were, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then when we continued to get here and hang out last night, I was like, oh, these owners are lucky because when you speaking as a hostel owner, you want your manager to take ownership in it. Sure. And that's very hard to do yeah. uh, without them actually being the owners yeah. with you. So what would you say some of the things that Max and Dan have done to create a culture here that makes you guys so proud here, you know, makes you feel like you're the owners? Open book management, 101. So they kind of just empowered us to, yeah. you know, they gave us the tools, the data, the education to like actually feel like owners. Yeah. So we see the data, we see all the numbers, we see what's going on behind the scenes. Full transparency. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we come in and just, yeah, we feel like we, we do feel like we own this place. This yeah. is our baby. You know? Yeah. Like every, we know is like pretty much everything about from an operation standpoint. Like, and I think a lot of that came down. I know, like Dan and Max helped start it for sure. But at least for me, it was John and Beth and the, the two people that were above us that brought us on. Um, they their culture of they're creating a culture of just like going above and beyond and caring for the team yeah. first and foremost. Yeah, and will help drive the care like so, wanting to care so much that the people that come here are going to see that. Yeah. Top down, it kind of yeah. rubs off. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I had never worked for a place that cared so much about the person that they just brought into the team. Yeah, you know, they used to emphasize that we are family. Like, yeah, so often. Yeah, um, okay. and you know, going above and beyond for for your team first, and then that will help everyone go above and beyond for the guests that just got here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a very good advice for you know, for the listeners out there, but it's also it's just great for the whole operation because, again, you can feel it from the moment you walk in. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a person loves to be proud of where they work and they love to be a part of it. But that's good advice on having that full transparency yep. and uh, including you guys in the big decisions, trusting you guys to make good decisions and to operate the place as you see fit. Yeah. It definitely can, can rub off in that way. Now, what would you say for a potential traveler who isn't a, a rock climber or a boulder yeah. who's coming in and maybe also isn't that digital nomad that's very prevalent now a person's coming into work for a few days and then leave as we've seen mm-hmm. some of the guests down there mm-hmm. right now or in that format. What would a potential international traveler, millennial traveler coming in, hosteling, what would they do and for fun stuff here in Chattanooga? I go, yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> It's too much almost. Yeah, uh, that's like our biggest, you know, crux sometimes is like, there's so much to do here. It almost takes like a week or two just to kind of like get used to like what's going on in the city. But I mean, they can come in, they can go to Looking uh, uh, Lookout Mountain, they can go to Craven's House, which takes to Point Park, to City Park, to Sunset Rock and Back. You've got a great got music got, scene, right? Music scene is, it's, you know, it's, it's up and coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. got, well, right around the corner yeah, here, got, what's this? we got Songbirds, Guitar Music, Songbirds, Songbirds yeah. Band, um, right next to Station Street, which is now you can grab a cup and you can actually drink around and go to each and every one of the bars. We're right next to all the, I mean, we have discounts for 37 bars and restaurants that are all around us. Um, heck, you can do like a 3.7 mile uh, running looper hike that's right downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a state preserve? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Rock Street. City, Ruby Falls, yeah. Yeah. Riverwalk. Riverwalk. 
it's like a 25 mile uh, back and forth, basically elevated at sometimes right along the river. Yeah. It goes all the way up to the dam and now it extends all the way out to the Lookout Mountain. Awesome. Um, it, it is very outdoor. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Focused. Yeah. Definitely. Not. And then the, yeah. then the bar next door to the hospital, you know, so you can have, you can buy a beer inside reception, but we've got a full bar restaurant that's owned by you guys. And it's a functional bar. Right next door. Tell us just a bit about that place. What's that place like? It's really nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> really nice. Um, it, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, looking at it, it's beautiful. It's won awards for one of the best looking bars in the country. Architecture, yeah, I like our water supply. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the food there is just like. What type of food? It's a southern spin. I get you're the you're the kitchen guy. Yeah, right. you worked with the chef. Yeah, ben, uh, ben Parks and I we used to work over at St. John's Restaurant together at Meeting Place in St. John's. But I almost like to say it's more. I mean, they're trying. We're in this weird. I was just talking. We're in a weird funk of like trying to figure out the bar's trying to figure out like who they are in this uh, this new area of the South Side where everything, all these restaurants are popping up all over the place. Um, I would say it's more of like. Shareable, it's like it's almost like a tapas place. Uh, shareable, small plates that you can kind of uh, like just share with everybody. At the same time, like if you're like really focused on like dinner, like we do have like they have like full on sets, like chicken sets, salmon sets, and all okay. this stuff. Um, their cocktail program is incre- incredible. Yeah, uh, seasonal rotating drafts. Like, uh, it's just, I mean, we try to keep it all local. Um, it is somewhat on the table. Um, it's just a it's a beautiful restaurant, and that's I mean, you also get 20% of food. There you go. Yeah. 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 Well, I think one of the cool things and advantageous things that you guys have had here is that your the owners clearly got into a part of the neighborhood right as it was starting to get revitalized. Classic Main Street revitalization. Yeah. Yes. And we pulled in here, and right away we realized, like, wow, we could have just parked our car and walked everywhere. Yep. And gotten to uh, bars and music places and restaurants and very easily just kind of started to explore it. So it's really cool that you found yourself in this booming city within this booming neighborhood mm-hmm. and at the perfect time for it. Yes. Yeah, the very advantageous for you guys. Now, tell our guests, uh, potential guests, a bit about the price point here. Um, as if you're coming through Chattanooga and you want an option to stay at the hostel, like what would a bunk cost? Yeah, so our, our bunks are 38 a night. Um, Tax rates a little high, uh-huh. but that's uh, an awesome choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's gonna run you right under forty-five bucks with everything. Okay. Um, to stay in a bunk, you know, includes breakfast, includes Wi-Fi, Gig City, fiber fastest optic, fiber internet in the world. Yeah, yeah, very fast. Um, yeah. You got a cool little hangout area with a grill, uh, fire pit, um, full kitchen, yeah. um, and like all you know, all local stuff for breakfast. Uh, laundry, free linens. We don't allow any outside linens, well, so you can grab as many as you want. We do have wooden bunks, after all. Yeah. Well, but uh, we stayed in the bunks last night, and we were actually one of the private rooms where you had a nice queen size or yep. bed underneath, and then the bunk up top. I thought we could even hook up. It was yeah. very nice. Very <laughs> yeah, nice. So we had, needed that after a few rough days. Yeah. <laughs> Haskell Sears Design did uh, all of our woodworking for us. Who is Haskell Sears? A local company. Okay. A local woodworking company. Okay. Uh, they do some seriously good work. Um, a lot of our stuff is mostly re- oh, it's pretty much all reclaimed. It's, all it's either reclaimed from the old building that was on site, or it's scraps from their warehouse. Cool. So, 
Um, they did a beautiful job. Those things are sturdy. Oh yeah. Um, no, I, I couldn't. He was on the top bunk. He moved around. I didn't hear like here. They're not moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not waking up the neighbor down low. So no, no. that's no. nice. That's why we hated the uh, metal bunks. That's why I went to wood, uh, but. Well, I mean, it has its uh, advantages, pros, cons for us, but I've actually always been a fan of the wooden bunk bed because you really are making bunk beds for adults. Yes. You know, and bunk beds that are not made custom by wood are made for children 90% of the time. Yeah. And that shows in how it feels, how it sounds, how it feels. So uh, if you can make a cool wooden bunk custom made, you know, I think it's... Personally, for me, a, a favorable way. Yeah, I mean, we definitely made it for adults. Yeah, like twin XLs. There. Yeah, you can be six eight and sleep in one of those. Yeah, and, so. and you got the curtains on the bunks, and yep. they're very well made and, and comfortable. Now, what about the price point of the private rooms? Private rooms. So we have a couple different models. Uh, yeah. Start at eighty nine dollars a night. Uh, that's just a regular private room. You get a queen bed, sitting yeah. there, personal storage unit, showing units. Uh, again, all the restrooms they are shared. Men's women's restrooms on each floor. Each yeah. one with. Two private showers, two private stalls, hand stains, hand towels, towels are already, you know, linens are already on the bed. Uh, but back to private, sorry, there's uh, an 89 dog, a couple different models. 89, 99, 119, or 199 for the suite. We're, we're actually in right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kitchen, everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have a nice range of private rooms, too, and we always encourage uh, listeners out there, especially the Americans and the millennials, that if you're Wanted to try the social experience, but you're a little bit hesitant. Stay in the private rooms. Try out the private room. Get your feet in there, yeah, yeah, (laughs) and and see how that goes, and then work your way into that dorm room. But I think two of the foundations that you guys have nailed here is the safety and the cleanliness. Mm -hmm. If people feel secure and that it's clean, then they're going to be much more willing to try the shared environment. Yeah, and you guys nailed that one because it's very clean and it's very secure. Yeah, and we were talking about you know a big part of your guys' presentation was like getting over that stigma yeah. as an American hostel. Yeah. And we do get a lot of first-time guests. Yeah. First-time hostel guests, not just Chattanooga. Like for, yeah. Never stayed in a hostel before. Yeah. We get it every week. Like yeah. We it's get people so in. Clean. And uh, we do have to say, like, just so you know, like, I love, I'm, you know, usually they love it. Yeah. But you know, just so you know, not all hostels it is an uncommon hostel. Yeah, yeah, right. there you yeah. go. Yeah. But yeah. but we use that private really for you know, yeah. we should we know the importance of getting those people into hostling. Yes. Um, and trying to beat that stigma. And this, the security and the cleanliness are you know, that's right off the bat. You notice it before you even meet us. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So clearly and it's organized style then it makes you feel safe. And I think that for anyone out there who's thinking of trying out a hostel for the first time. This is an uncommon hostel, but it's the type of one that you would want to break in with, and the type of one that if someone did stay here for the first time, I guarantee you're winning them over to the hostel side away from hotels. And uh, we encourage all listeners to come to Chattanooga to try out the crash pad, whether you're a rock climber or not. This is an up-and-coming company that's going to make its mark in the industry for sure. Jordan, Corey, thank you so much yes. for being with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Your southern hospitality has revived my soul. <laughs> <laughs> we are ready to hit the road, and we are going to head for Nashville next. And thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned for more great episodes from Season 3 of the Hostel Road Trip Podcast.